Assalamu alaikum, welcome to the Progeny Podcast. Today I will be joined by Ahmed Musa, who is a part-time dentist and also works for Al Ain Social Care Foundation. We will be speaking about the duty of Muslim youth in the West and how they represent themselves in the best way. We'll also discuss the great work that Al Ain does and how you can get involved in supporting Al Ain. Ahmed, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the Progeny podcast. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, first of all, about your career as a dentist. Um, firstly, when did you come to the UK? Uh, and specifically, when did you um, qualify to become a dentist? So I was almost born here. Okay. I was born in Emirates, but a few months old, we, we came here. Okay. And I graduated six years ago. As a dentist, yeah. And you're working now as a part-time dentist? Yes, yeah. Well, um, your other time, what do you do in your other spare time while you're not <laughs> doing dentistry? So part of my week is split as a dentist and the other work, uh, the other part of the week is uh, working with Al Ain. Okay, inshallah we'll come to, to your work with uh, Al Ain. Um, you've grown up here um, in the West, in London. Uh, I wanted to ask you about what you think, and this is your point of view, um, the duty of Muslim youth is um, how best should we represent ourselves? Because even though, like you said, you know, you were nearly born th- here, so you came really young. Um, but, you know, your identity as a as an Iraqi, um, as a Muslim, uh, as someone who follows the Ahlul Bayt, is something that stands out and something that uh, is part of your character. How important is it for you to represent yourself and for the youth in general to represent themselves in the best way uh, as Muslims living living in the West? Yeah, so part of being a good Muslim means that you're a good citizen. So the way you present yourself, the way you are in society is very important. So if you see yourself as a good person or a good Muslim or a good citizen, all those things um, have a big crossover. So uh, we know a hadith of Imam Sadiq so be representatives or invite people to us or be silent advocates for us through your actions, not through your words. And we know that part of Islam, it's very important to um, have like da'wah or make da'wah, encourage people to learn about the faith. And um, in the world we live in where there's a lot of negative press associated with, with Muslims, each and every one of us has a very important role to play to have a positive impact on those that are in their circles to change their perception of what Islam is and what a Muslim is. That's very true. Um, I also feel it's important um, that not only do we represent ourselves uh, in the best way, but we should be the best for ourselves. For example, when it comes to education, when it comes to uh, getting a degree, getting a good job. Um, alhamdulillah, from from what I've noticed in in our in our community uh, and different communities, the Muslim communities here, they've done well to uh, to get an education, to get a degree. Uh, uh, if you go to a hospital, you're bound to find a Muslim doctor. If you go, um, uh, when it comes to engineers, alhamdulillah, lawyers, accountants, in every sort of field where we have people representing Muslims. How important do you feel it, it is? And it's, I'm asking you because you're someone that's 
done a very good degree. Uh, is it five or six years dentistry? Five years. Five years of, or, you know, that's just the degree. And then before that, I'm guessing the A-levels. And they just, how important is it for us to have a degree, to have a good job? Of course, it's very important. Um, living in the West, and especially living in the West, we have a lot of opportunity to make the most of what we want and to make the most of the services available. So it's actually easier for us to be able to achieve and to we have get, opportunity. We have many opportunities, alhamdulillah. Yeah. Actually, this reminds me of a story. I was uh, my father was taking me to my eleven plus exam. We were applying to QE boys, so it's okay. a grammar school. Yeah, and he saw me. I was really nervous. I was sitting next to him in the car, and mm-hmm. he saw me like like he could obviously <laughs> tell. I was really nervous. So, as we were driving, he's like, "Baba, you're lucky. You're here. It doesn't matter what happens with this exam. If you fail here, you have another opportunity. If this doesn't work, something else will come about." And he was saying, when I was in Iraq, if you fall ill on your exam day, that's it. You have to retake the year. If your car breaks down, that's it. You've missed the exam. And as he said that, the car broke down. (laughs) On the way to um, do the exam, I was so nervous. It was uphill. We had to push the car to the side. Wow. Uh, We went to one of the local shops to went in. And my dad's like, we we asked to see if there was any taxis available to take us. And he said it will take ages for the next taxi to come. Oh no! And the same thing with the bus. So we went outside. We thought we might as well just wait, wait for uh, for the bus to take us there. And we saw a police car. So my dad's like, "Urkul." So it, like, run to the run to the police car. I went to the police car, and my dad explained. He said, "My son's got an exam, um, a eleven plus exam, and our car's broken down. Could you help us?" He said, "Hold on." And then he asked, and I went to my exam in a in a police car. Wow! I didn't get in, but. <laughs> The yeah, the essence of the story, and I went on a tangent, was the importance of understanding the level of or the amount of opportunities we have and making the most of it to try and have a positive influence on society. That's a beautiful story. I, I th- a lot of people don't know how privileged we are, and I'm talking about our communities. Um, we've got an opportunity, for example, to study, to get a job, to even even now, when you have a degree, it's very easy. For you to get a job, I'm, I'm comparing it to you know places maybe where I come, where I'm from originally, Iraq, for example, where uh, unemployment rates are very high. Um, people with degrees um, are doing jobs that they shouldn't be because they're they're, they're qualified people. But um, I saw recently a clip of of someone who's a I believe was a qualified engineer or something, and he was he was selling tea in the street. So. It just shows that Alhamdulillah we have we have the opportunity and it's important for us to take advantage of that. Coming to uh, your what I, I what I called spare time. It's not really your spare time, but you made time for this because I'm I've I anyone that's a qualified uh, dentist will usually try and do as many hours as they can. Um, but what you, from my understanding, is you've made time to be with Al Ain. Um, how did you start with Al Ain? Were you there from the beginning? And uh, most importantly, Fairly. why? Yeah, so maybe I'll start telling you about why Al Ain moved and um, expanded outside of Iraq and then how okay. um, we became part of this journey. So, um, someone from Sweden, so someone living in Sweden was visiting Iraq and they found out about. The Al-Ain Sadaqa box actually in particular yep. um, They explained to him the value of the of Mizat al-Qabd Or the fact that the money placed into the box Is as though it reached the hand of the needy person Okay 
And for himself, living in Sweden, he's like, I, I want to be able to pay sadaqah. I want to be able to give sadaqah. Um, it's not fair. Can we do something here? Can we have at least can we have some boxes for, in for Sweden? For those that don't understand, what does it mean? What does it mean? For example, if now I put change in this box, what does that qabut mean? What what's the value that that this box adds? Then 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 me putting sadaqah in my, my own box at home. I make a box, for example, and I say this is a sadaqah box. I write sadaqah on it and I put sadaqah. What's the difference? What's the Very important question And it's yeah. something that we Constantly talk yeah. about So To receive the reward of sadaqah yeah. Or charity It needs to reach the hand Of the needy person Very good So to receive the reward To receive the reward of sadaqah It needs to reach the hand Of the needy person Correct Sayyidah Sistani Who instructed the line To be set up Has wilaya Or sees himself As having wilaya Over the fuqara Or those who are needy Correct And by ijazah Of his eminence Sayyidah Sistani He has said that Putting money into this box is as though you have put it into the hands of the, the needy, needy person Because the box represents the Sayyid and the Sayyid represents the needy person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when this person from Sweden found the immense value of this Sadaqah box oh, He nice. was saying, can we do something? Can we have some Sadaqah boxes in Sweden? Mm-hmm. So they sent some like a crate of Sadaqah boxes in Sweden and the work expanded and now So there it are started in Sweden? Sadaqah, yeah, and then soon after it um, established itself here in the UK um, in Sweden, there are over five offices now. There are coordinators and representatives across Sweden. Wow. There's an office in Norway. There's an office in uh, Holland, in Germany, in England, in America, in Canada, Australia. Most places where there's a community, there's a registered office operating to support the orphan children of Iraq. So how did you, how, this is how Al Ain started in, in, in the West. How did you start with Al Ain? So... The Sheikh Amjad, who is the general supervisor of Al Ain. When did they first get to the UK? I think nearly six years ago. Okay. Um, he has he has been put in place by Sayyid Sistani, who has mm-hmm. said that um, the condition of Al Ain receiving this status, amongst other things like having all the costs covered of its operations, mm-hmm. is that it is under the supervision of of Sheikh Amjad. Okay. So Sheikh Amjad himself, in the beginning, would visit places where there was demand for a location to be set up for people to support and during his visit here in one of the um, events that that took place I heard about Al Ain and I was really inspired and I felt that I I had something that I could give that would make a difference and alhamdulillah that's how it started so they were looking for and I'm guessing Al Ain even now recently I saw an advertisement where there's jobs opportunities that are available so there's they're, they're always expanding Alhamdulillah Again we know ma kana lillah yanmu. So yeah. what is for Allah will surely develop Expand, yeah. and, and improve And the, the sheer um, passion that people have uh, working and supporting this cause Is very contagious It's important that you say that you know, it's very contagious I've, you know, Anyone that, that I've spoken to about Al Ain Or any uh, event that I've been to That someone from Al Ain has spoken about Will inspire people. Yeah, I mean, the, the 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 concept of Al Ain is so powerful that anyone with a good heart will, or anyone that has the love of the Ahlul Bayt uh, and understands that you know, even our wealth is not really our wealth, uh, as we say, it's amana, it's something that God's blessed us with, and because God's blessed us with this great blessing of having wealth, for example, we need to give. 
some back to those that um, that need it. So so that's that's the power of Al Ain. But for those that don't know about Al Ain, what is the purpose of uh, Al Ain, which is uh, a UK registered charity as well? Yeah, so the Line UK branch, like as you said, is the registered charity. We have a um, an entity. Uh, our website is www.alain.co.uk, and you can find out more details about the work. Um, anything that we've missed out in our podcast today. Mm-hmm. Um, the initial purpose of Alain was um, to document the cases of victims of the sectarian violence mm-hmm. and terrorism. Mm-hmm. So again, um, through. Uh, instruction of Sayyid Sistani He instructed two or three people at a time To go and visit the families of those who lost their lives For no fault of their own due to the violence To go and document their cases To go and film what happened To correlate it against official documentation To prove that these people lost their lives For no fault of their own But for their beliefs For their for their aqidah During these visits they realized that a lot of these families Were in need of support and were living below the poverty line. So they relayed this information back to the office of, of Sayyid Sistani, who then instructed Al Ain. And by the way, the name of Al Ain is Al Ain, the eye, Al Ain Alati Tara, the eye that sees. Wow. Then trans, then developed into Al Ain Alati Tara, Thumma Al Ain Alati Tara, so the eye that cares. That's why that's where Al Ain comes from. Okay, so that's the, the interesting. Work, I didn't know that. Yeah, so expands from that, from expanded from documenting to then actually providing support. And for me, growing up in the West and hearing lots of negative things about the way Eastern organizations work or things associated with their religious authority, okay, yeah, yeah, lots of negative, said, yeah, yeah. lots of neg- negative vibes, lots of um, question marks, misconceptions. I saw this as an opportunity, uh, a golden opportunity. Actually, is one way. There's service to the orphan children, um, the needy orphan children. And secondly, it's an opportunity to display one of the many services that the religious institution is providing to those in need in a very professional and a very dignified manner. And from within a place which is known for corruption and things not to work. So that's what gave me the extra drive to try and make sure that as many people know about this as possible to try and change their perceptions. I remember... um when I visited uh, Al Ain um, office in Baghdad, uh, one of the offices, um, they, 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 the, the manager there or the office manager mentioned something really beautiful. And I, I heard this again later from Sheikh Amjad. And that was that um, uh, Grand Ayatollah uh, Sayyid Sistani receives gifts from different people that come and visit him. Um, different visitors from around the world would gift something to Sayyid Sistani. Uh, and the beautiful thing was that uh, Sayyid Sistani makes sure that this gift does not stay in the house and it has to be given to those that that need it, those uh, orphans, those people that are in need of it because he is not in need of it. And that that really shows this fatherhood figure, this this figure of the Marja'iyya, which is represented by Sayyid Ali Sistani today. And again, reminds us of uh, my master, Sayyid Sistani's master, Amir al-Mu'mineen, Ali ibn Abi Talib, salam, who had this title of Abu al-Yatama, the father of the orphans. And of course, our religious authority, our our leaders today are following in those footsteps, are, are leading examples, which a lot of people, again, those that, 
are let's say misguided or have not been informed uh, do not know about this let's go to what uh, Al-Ain does because uh, you mentioned uh, Sayyidah Sistani and yeah. the father father figure it yeah. reminded me it triggered a story that I'd like to share yeah please go ahead so um, Al-Ain obviously today cares for over 59,000 children Wow. So it's an immense number. Of course. And each child would receive at least £55 a month, which is the standard sponsorship. Nice. I'm going to go on another tangent. This number hasn't been picked randomly. So this value is based on a study which determined what is needed to lift a child out of poverty. Okay. So when we say sponsor a child, and we know of the hadith of the value and the mensa yeah, of yeah, the one yeah. who sponsors, of course. you must make sure that they are no longer in need. And part of Al-Ain's ethos actually is... Once a child receives support from Al-Ain, they no longer receive support from anywhere else. That's actually a condition. Okay. There are so many needy children, number one, that we need many organizations to help all of them. Yeah. And two, we believe in the dignity of the child. That's very important. Once they receive support from us, we want to make sure that they are comfortable enough not to need to ask elsewhere. Mm, to. Elsewhere, very nice. Back to my second tangent. Yeah, yeah please. So Sayyidah Sistani, um, again, we have the standard sponsorship and we have those who are academically talented receive the equivalent of £80 a month. And for me, again, this was a very nice thing to know that even those who are doing well are encouraged to do so, encouraged to carry on. And they're told if you carry on, if you're the top of your class, you'll receive even more support. And their sponsorship continues until graduation. So early on in Al-Ain's um, development, a group of uh, the mutafawwiqin or those who are academically talented mm-hmm. got the end of year results. And normally mm-hmm. in, in Iraq and in most places, actually, when you... Mm-hmm. When you receive your end of year results, you're, you're with pride, you want to show it to your parents. To your father. Yeah. Unfortunately, these children obviously have are, are, orphans. are orphaned. So they thought of sending, taking them to visit um, Sayyidah Sistani mm-hmm. to show them their end of year certificate. So they went over to, to the Sayyid and they said, um, since we have lost our father, you are now our father. We wanted Beautiful. to share with you these um, our results, which was very, very emotional. Yeah, I'm sure. Which you can imagine. And the advice from... Sayyidah Sistani at the time was that we want the future leaders to be amongst these from these children. We want the future um, people who make decisions to be from these children. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I, I was listening to um, a presentation of someone in our Australia branch of Al Ain mm-hmm. who was updating the community there, and he mentioned that one of those children by the name of Ahmed is now a third year medical student, mashallah. Wow, amazing! Yeah, so from that beautiful. story, and they they followed him up, and that, that that's something again. It's the holistic care that continues yeah, beautiful. into adulthood. Um, uh, I've had the uh, again. Uh, I could speak all day about the 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 bounty that of Allah that we have, which is represented by the marjaya. I've I've had the honor of visiting uh, Grand Ayatollah Sayyid Sistani on several occasions. And I remember the last uh, visit was probably back in 2018. And I remember that um, there was a, a man that, as we were waiting to visit him, there was a man with two children, quite an old man, maybe in his 70s or 80s, that had come with two children who were probably seven or nine. Yeah, but between that ages. And he had come. So they were obviously not his kids. And I was I was quite, I was in the, in the next room, but I could sort of, Slightly hear the conversation that took place, and that was when uh, this person, this person, when it was his turn to to see the Sayyid, he said, "You know that my son was part of those that were killed 
fighting uh, terrorists ISIS and these are his two children uh, and the Sayyid uh, showed this 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 figure of the father of the orphans when he took the two orphans and he and he brought them close to him and he with his hand he placed it on their heads and again this showed the 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 the, the bounty i say it's it's it's, uh, it's a bounty from allah that we have a figure today who who is really uh representing uh, the the strength of this faith, uh, the love of this faith, the representing the the true essence of this faith, that of caring, of love, of peace, um, and one way is is this Al Ain, this beautiful project, and I want to get to the actual work that Al Ain does. Other so so we know there's firstly the sadaqa boxes. What other work is there that gets done? So with sadaqa boxes, they the money placed into them goes to sponsor some of these children. I mentioned 59,000 children today mm-hmm. are being lifted out of poverty, and these are needy children. Because of these boxes? No, 59,000 is the total number. Okay. 20,000 children are being lifted out of poverty from these sort of from boxes. The boxes. Okay. We know that Al-Ain also has, runs on zero admin. All the running costs are covered by the office of his That's eminence. what I wanted to ask you as well, because a, lo- a lot of people don't know this. They say, so is any of this money that I'm putting going to the staff that are working for the admin work? No. Okay. So all the running costs are covered by the office, um, like I mentioned, of, okay. of, of so the state Or, again, there are some people who are beautiful and artistic in the way they give. So we have examples of um, wealthy merchants who say, I'm not going to support the orphan children. I will pay the salaries of okay. this office for a whole year because they are serving their children. I want yeah. to serve this people who serve the orphan children, which is extremely beautiful. So just last year, an an average of a thousand boxes was given out a day globally. Globally, wow, that's quite... Yeah, so they're very important. From from our perspective, there's the huge value of sadaqah, of of receiving that reward of sadaqah. And from one side, for for us, and from the other side, it's the the change it's having on the lives of of these children. So one way is sadaqah. Mm -hmm. Uh, through these sadaqa boxes. Another form of support for these orphan children is through uh, monthly child sponsorship. Child sponsorship, which we can which we mention and you can find details online. But again, what's beautiful about the care of Al Ain and one other thing that really got me attracted to the mm. services that, that Al Ain is providing to these orphan children is that it's not just money, take it and go. Mm-hmm. There are checks that are taken in place to make sure that these families are needy. And these checks happen on more than one occasion. So they happen upon registration of the family. And at least by annually, there are checks to make sure that the families who are receiving support are in need of support. And just last month or two months ago, we have we have hundreds of supporters from the UK, alhamdulillah, who sponsor children. Mm-hmm. Um, we update them. Sometimes the children they sponsor no longer need sponsorship. So imagine how nice it is to receive an email saying... Yeah. Um, dear so and so, the child you're sponsoring has been lifted out of poverty Indeed. and no longer needs your support. Very good. It's very, very nice to see that. For them now to find another child to sponsor. Yeah. So, would you like to sponsor another child? Exactly. Yeah. So, we we have lots to celebrate about in terms of achievements, but the reality is that the need is very big. Mm-hmm. So we can say fifty nine thousand, this thousand boxes, but, but there are so many children that are in need. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, unfortunately, with disasters, with violence, with problems, it's only cool when it's in the news when when it's no longer part of the news when it's no longer the head headline that headline, has been talked yeah, about yeah, 
no one's really interested. So it's a mm. bit of a challenge for us to make sure that the theme and these children are not being forgotten because the those who passed away have passed, but we are responsible for those who are left behind. What about the Sadaqah Jariya um, that you have? How, how What does that involve and how does that work? Thank you. I keep going on tangents. Thank you for <laughs> guiding me back in. <laughs> no worries. So um, there's financial support, there's medical support mm-hmm. that is provided. There's psychological rehabilitation, okay. and that's extremely important. Very nice. We live, or we don't live. We are. We come originally come from a society, which um, ha- where mental health is a bit of a taboo. Yeah, you're either sure. okay sure. or you're crazy. You're crazy, insane. There's 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 no in between. There's no yeah. suffering. There's no PTSD. There's no a- a- anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reality is that most of these children won't really die of hunger, but they'll be suffering. Because maybe they've seen their parents They've seen, they've seen. Some of the stories are horrific. Yeah. They're unbelievable. They, no one should ever experience what some of these children yeah, have experienced. So the way Al-Ain operates is it's thinking about how to lift this child out of poverty, how to empower the child. And we always say child because we want people to remember that we're talking about children. Yeah. Sometimes you say orphan, you think of oh something far, and it's, they're, they're poor, they're far, they're, we can't really connect, but they're children. Yeah. And everything that Ayn is doing is to make sure that these children have as equal an opportunity as their counterparts and their peers in society. So with this psychological rehabilitation, there are programs in place, there are social workers who are present to highlight, to first of all notice how these children play. We have play areas in our in our offices, which is again, you think what? You have people in need, why are you spending money on play areas? In fact, they call them psychological rehabilitation they centers. They need them. It's an it's mm. it's one way to get them to come t- to us so that we can see them regularly. It's a way for us to be able to see how they interact with other children, monitor and them, identify yeah. if they are if there are any particular discrepancies in their behavior to try and help them, them overcome yeah, overcome their troubles. So, Sadaqajariya, come back yeah. to it. There is a reason why I'm talking yeah. about this. Um, and Ain since its inception has cared of for over a hundred thousand children, one hundred thousand wow. children. Wow. So. We know what these children need. We know what they need to develop into adolescents, into adults. And we know what is very important to help them try and be part of society. And one thing I recognized was the need for these psychological rehabilitation centers, as well as vocational training centers. So the first one opened its doors in Baghdad, in Al-Kadhmiya last year. I, I visited that. Markaz Al-Anjum al Yeah, yeah. One of our coordinators um, here in the UK... Um, visited last summer and she said she felt like she was on a path of heaven wow so yeah so it's it's when i talk about this it's very it's i'm very passionate about this because i've seen on multiple occasions the positive impact of the work that these projects are having on these children so this vocational training center um, was designed to help those children who maybe were displaced because of the violence or who did not continue with their education and mm-hmm. they suddenly finished school and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Normally, again, with a with a normal like a, a standard family structure, yeah. you have someone pushing you this way, someone pushing you that way, this person advising you to do this, someone else advising you to do something else. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the sad reality is that with these orphan children, there aren't many people who are really bothered or pushing um, in these areas. So they find themselves all of a sudden not knowing what to do next. They support them. These vocational training work centers have workshops. So they train these um, youth with um, skills on hairdressing, 
on sewing, IT skills, mobile phone repairs, hand, like crafts, cooking, becoming chefs. Um, so imagine attending somewhere, getting paid to attend on a daily basis, coming out with a certificate to become have, certified. And having a skill. And having a vocation. Not just yeah, that, yeah. not just that. They, they are even, they even, part of their program is work experience and they help them allocate Find a job. job. Very good. So uh, my last visit was in December. Yeah. Uh, they showed us uh, a proposal. Again, a proposal. Imagine you're thinking of an orphaned child who grew up below the poverty line, um, probably subject to a lot. The, the violence that they witnessed was probably very, very gruesome. Imagine growing up, going through some sort of education and coming out with a vocation and then writing a business plan. So he said, my name is this. Um, I would like to borrow 600,000 dinars. I want to spend 400,000 on two months rent. I want to spend this much on some of the um, items in the shop because this guy was trying to open, I can't remember to be honest, it was either a hairdresser or a mobile phone shop. Mm. He said, this is my plan. It was a whole business proposal. Yes. Yeah. And I anticipate I will return it on uh, within four or five months. Wow. He had signed it and there were two witnesses that had signed it and the money That's was given. This was on the 4th of December, 2018 we visited in january not not december on the 29th of december 2018 he had repaid his debts wow he said alhamdulillah allah gave me rizq and yeah. i've uh, way uh, overachieved and i want this money to be uh, there to support someone else someone else i wanted to ask you about um uh you visiting uh iraq uh and if i know i'm sure you've got a lot of stories to share with us babe, but Maybe something that stands out for you or or something that... Because like with, with my work, for example, I, I may see someone that, for example, says, I saw this show or I done this and it changed my life. And that has an impact that makes you realize, okay, you know what? What I'm doing is is worth it. You know, I've achieved something because sometimes you don't see the results firsthand, especially if you're, if you're in the office, you're, I don't know whether it's collecting the boxes, whether it's counting the money, whether it's collecting toys, but sometimes you're not seeing your results, if you know what I mean. So what, what maybe a story or two that you can share with our, our listeners that sort of, I wouldn't say entrusted because you you know this this project is is, is 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 in the trust of Allah, but made you realize how how important what your job is. I've put you on the spot. No, I'm no, sorry. no, you, no. You haven't put me on the spot. Uh, what, what I'm what I'm thinking to tell you, which yeah. is that during these visits, every time you see someone, every every interaction you see is an inspiration. Wow. Every interaction, if it's someone that's working to support these orphan children in the office, if it's mm -hmm. the driver who's taking us between places, if it's the families of these orphan children themselves, is a source of inspiration and also a source of guilt. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you may feel that you're making a difference, you're contributing, but we always feel guilty by the level of, of support that those who provide the support are giving and how humble and dig and content those who are the beneficiaries are so we visited i don't know where to start this <laughs> needs just podcasts just telling you of these of these stories sure. maybe i'll share with you the story of the what was behind our campaign for this muharram so this this muharram's campaign is based on um, sponsorships we're trying to increase the number of people sponsoring these orphan children and it's based on a story of a boy by the name of Rawa. 
and the, the campaign's name is My Hero, inspired by the heroes of Karbala and the heroes of the orphan children, and in the name of your heroes, sponsor and orphan child. Um, Rudha was a child we saw in the Imam al-Baqir complex in the outskirts of Najaf. Mm-hmm. Imam al-Baqir complex is one of five housing complexes that Al-Ain has built or is in the process of building. This is a completed one, it's 66 units, 66 brand new houses, housing those most in need in terms of orphan children. Part of the media team were in one of the houses visiting one of the families to talk to them and we were stood outside whilst the boys were playing football. They stopped, um, Rudha came to me and he said, Ammu, have you come in Arba'in? I said, I haven't been Arba'in yet. He said, next time you come, make sure you, outside poll number, he gave me the poll number, Mokib, and again he told me the name of the Mokib, um, come inside and ask for Ibn Abu Salih. Ask for Rudha Ibn Abu Salih. You'll see my, my dad's photo is on top of the, of the Mokib. I'll, I'll serve you coffee or I'll serve you tea. And inside I, I felt, I felt very humbled. This was uh, an orphan child. And he was trying to talk to me. He said, Amu, do you know how my dad died? I said, no, tell me. He said, my dad was in Mosul. He was opening up explosives and it blew up on him. I, I don't know what, do I look in his eyes? Do I look down? But he was proud. The, his sense of pride was unbelievable. He said, I went and got him from Baghdad airport. Remember, I'm telling this is Najaf. He said he had his hand was gone, his leg was gone, his friends were also gone. And then he, he, he was continuing, he was like, Do you want to see photos? Shall I show you? He was, he just wants to he wants to celebrate his father and and what he had done. He asked one of his one of the boys in the in the in the new neighborhood, and they went back home, bought the phone back, and he was flicking through photos. He's like, This is my dad, this is my dad, this is me with my dad. And for me that that story just kind of just <coughs> summarized everything. The children that we're looking after, or again, we, it's very embarrassing to say we, the, the children that are being looked after are, child, are, these, are these children, are children like Rudha, mm-hmm. who, who, who are in circumstances not for no fault of their own, who, whose circumstances are dire and difficult for the sake of others, for the security of others, for the ability of others to do ziyara safely, for the um, safety of our holy shrine. So no matter what we give, no matter what we support, we'll never be able to compensate for this. So again, and this is a, again a common theme, learning from these children that they're proud, they are content. Content. They are content. Content. They are content. That's so important. As we were leaving, he said, oh, Amu, Amu, we forgot to serve you chai. Like, uh, uh, so he has this, 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 this gene of Hospitality. hospitality. I could see why his father did what he did. I could mm. see that from Rudha's behavior as a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. keen to serve us. He knows, and his his first theme was the about Adam serving Zawar, serving, yeah. yeah. So it's unbelievable what, what we learn from these children. I'm going to, if you don't ask me questions, I'm going to keep talking. I, I want, I want was, to listen to these yeah, stories. Yeah, we were in, uh, talking to uh, another child, another orphan child um, in one of the places, um, in one of the Al-Ain, Locations and by the way, Lain has over 150 locations in Iraq alone. In Iraq, wow. So we do around the world, how many locations? So in Iraq, 150 and registered in 10 countries, I think. Okay. Yeah, nine or 10 countries. There are several who that countries that are in the process of being signed. That's okay. why I'm saying nine or 10. Yeah. But we know. Okay. Um, uh, we, 
members of the Ain UK team were speaking to this girl and she said, yeah, we have we have a sadaqah box and we put money for the fuqara, for those who are in need. This was a needy orphan child. Is doing for her Has a sadaqah box and giving and... F- again, this is something that's... Uh, if you take a moment to reflect on it, mind it shows... Blowing. It's mind-blowing. She doesn't see herself as faqira. Allahu Akbar. She doesn't see herself as needy. That shows the level of... Of dignified support that is being provided to these families She is being taught the value of looking at those who are less fortunate yeah. And giving and making a difference And she's proud to talk about it and she's mentioning it And again this this again, this again um, was another story or another interaction That made us really like stop and think wow these, This is w- what we are part of is truly amazing I tell a lot of people that go ziyara for, for especially for Arba'in, and uh, and they go, you know, comfortably. We go. I speak for myself. I go comfortably. I book a, I book a flight, go to Najaf, land in the airport. You know, Alhamdulillah, the airport is now expanded. I come out whether it's a hotel. Of course, I'm from Najaf, so I'll go. I'll go back home. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll be comfortable, and then I'll do the walk to to the shrine of Imam Al Hussein to Karbala. I'll do my ziyara in a, the whole way. I'm being served water, hot drinks, food, whatever you like. And I tell people, let's not forget that this ziyara is continuing today. Number one, because of the fatwa of the marjiyah. Number two, because of those people that gave their lives for for their dignity. For their for their for their shrines, for their faith, for their for their country, and that blood that was spilt in in defense of of us, we need we have responsibility because these people that that have sacrificed themselves now have their have their families, their, 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 there's there's widows and there's there's orphans that need looking after. And this, the, you know, another thing that 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 I wanna because I, Alhamdulillah again I have the opportunity to speak to some of these children. I want to add to 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 this to to your stories, is people need to understand that a lot of people that were that lost their breadwinners, that lost the person that was looking after them uh, due to terrorism, they were already uh, poor. They were already living uh, a life where was full poverty. of hardship, full of full of uh, pain and and poverty. And now they've lost their, their only source of, 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 of a meal a day that they were having. So I feel uh, as us Muslims living in the West, um, it's a responsibility. And we're going to be asked about this responsibility of looking after these, these, uh, these poor uh, children, as, as, as you say. How can, we, and this, uh, how can we get involved? How can people listening to this get involved? Even if those, you know, some, someone might say, I've already got a box at home. I'm already sponsoring a child at home. Sponsor too. Ah, sent. What can, what can people do? And especially I want, uh, you mentioned the Muharram uh, project that you have. What can people do this Muharram to get more involved with Al Ain? So we're fairly new in the West, mm-hmm. so probably half the age of Al Ain in Iraq. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, awareness raising that is necessary. We need people to know more about the work of Al Ain. There are so many unique factors. So for someone who likes or is inspired or motivated by professionalism, 
Many people have been to see the work of Al-Ain and can see through our social media, through the services that it provides, that it is second to none in terms of professionalism when it is providing support to the needy. If you value the opinion of the religious authority, Al-Ain was set up under instruction of the religious authority and it has so much faith in, in the foundation that all its running costs are covered. If you take value in the opinion of international organizations, Al-Ain has special consultative status within the United, United Nations. Nations yeah. So Al-Ain is present and talks about the cause of these of these families and the, the, the needy. That's something for everyone to be inspired by. Is there is there roles for volunteers at Al Ain now? Can people volunteer if they've got we, spare time? Maybe. Yeah, we're, we're we're always taking. We, mashallah, we have we have a very a huge response from people who wish to volunteer. But we're always looking for more volunteers, especially in in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. We have coordinators or people who um, our uh, our point of contact within the community who update the community on the activities of Al Ain on the special programs that Al Ain is involved in. And um, we are always in need of people in different areas, especially. So in London, we have many supporters already. We have supporters in 19. We have coordinators and supporters in 19 um, other cities in the in in London in the UK. But there are other places where we want to be. We want to be present everywhere. We have. Uh, we also have a toys campaign. Mm-hmm. Again, so initially when people say, "Why are you, why are you wasting time with toys? These kids are they're, 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 again not kids." Atam, they, they, these just what, they aren't food. you wasting food? Yeah, just yeah, yeah. yeah, but they're children, and, and yeah, it's just trying to educate. Important. That's very it's, important. Ed, it's educating, or it's it's trying to set the standard of of giving, and that's another thing that um, inspires me about Alain. It's it's not just providing a service to those who are in need; it's setting the standard of how one should give. We were, I'm going to go on a tangent. Go for it, bro. All right. I we love were, these tangents. We were, They're the best. Yeah, we were <laughs> we were visiting one of the prominent scholars here, um, presenting to them the work of an Ain for the first time, and he had, he sees the problems within within the society here, the problems young families face, young children, the lack of not not being content, always wanting more. Yeah, yeah. And I was explaining, and he said that from his interactions with people, he thinks that the two most important things one should um, instill in their children is salah and zakah or prayer and some form of charity. He thinks those two are keystones in in, in raising in raising your children. And he bought some hadith to to back this this up by. But his point was through volunteering, through giving, even if it, for example, with children, if it's volunteering to give their toys. We have children who, for example, say, for my birthday, I want the toys to go to Al Ain. Or they say, for my birthday, I want, I'll want i give half of my toys or I'd give whatever it may be. It's teaching children the power and the pleasure gained from giving. From giving, yeah. And um, there's, there's this warped perception in society that satisfaction comes from gaining, gaining and increasing what you have. But the reality that... The reality is that it's actually by giving. The more you give, the more you feel content. The more you... Provide for those who are less needy. The more you feel content, and for me, that again, that struck a chord when he mentioned the salah and zakah charity. There are lots of good things that one could do, obviously, and they all um, they all have a lot of reward. But these two were very important in his in his opinion for for the well being of families and communities wherever they may be. Okay, thank you, thank you for that. Um, of course, we're going to let you take this box with you. Uh, this box has been in the office. 
So inshallah we've got another one as well So um, encourage everyone listening to If you don't have any one of these sadaqa boxes We also uh, have an app now Okay, very so we good have an, an app. Yes, uh, that, that was this week or last week I think it came out We re-announced, yeah Okay yeah, So we announced it So you can download an app so you can pay sadaqa with With your card Yeah not, not even, yeah, with your card, but if you've got Apple Pay or Android Pay, then it's just a couple of a couple of yeah. taps, and then you've got you've paid sadaqah. I find the box is very important because uh, again, uh, it, it helps with if you've got kids uh, in the family, then then you know you, you encourage them to actually put and encourage them that this is this is got this is your way of of giving uh, charity. And uh, this Muharram, you said that you're pushing for more child sponsorship. Yes. What are the different packages just to remind our listeners? So a standard sponsorship is the equivalent of £55 a month. And if you gift aid that, then the gift aid amount also goes to the child. Very good. Which is, again, something to, to keep in mind. Um, again, if you have these sadaqa boxes, what's gift aided also goes to sponsor these children. Mm-hmm. And it's a very important point to mention. Uh, there's a standard sponsorship. There's those who are have medical needs. Um, they receive £70 a month. And those who are academically talented receive £80 a month. The reality is, again, we have people waiting to sponsor children who have a medical need or who are academically talented. They get they, they get sponsored straight away. But unfortunately, what we call, again, standard sponsorship, people want to do something. I want to sponsor a child from Nejef. I want to sponsor this. But what about, what about the other children who are in need? And we have over 5,000 children waiting to be sponsored um, who are registered and have been gone through the whole process to identify them as needy so inshallah inshallah we can uh, i hope i really hope that, that, that you can you can reach your 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 target and more so inshallah maybe in muharram we can get the five thousand. i want to ask you how do you see and this is again because uh, each person will have a different opinion on this and maybe those that are in senior positions will see it differently but how do, how do you see Al-Ain in 10 years or 20 years or how do you see Al-Ain uh, in the future and is there is there any 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 plans that you might want to share with us that for for Al-Ain in the next 20 30 years I've heard this question being asked to Sheikh Amjad uh, himself a few times mm-hmm. and I'm going to try and repeat the answer as yeah. as I have heard him answer yeah. it the, the situation in Iraq is such that it's very difficult to plan for 20 or 30 years. Okay. Unfortunately, every every few years, you, we get thrown with Al-Qaeda, we get thrown with sectarian violence, and then we get something called Daesh that Daesh, irritates yeah. us, and then we get this violence and that violence. So, And th- there's, such an, there's a big um, urgent need now that we are trying to just keep up with what is needed, uh, with the needs for these orphan children, in addition to the other services like the um, psychological rehabilitation and the vocational training centers which are being built. So from that perspective, we can only plan three or f- three years or five years ahead. So inshallah, in the future, the beneficiaries will not just be in Iraq. So that's one area. Inshallah, there'll be um, beneficiaries um, uh, in terms of people receiving support, not just within Iraq. And the reason why this hasn't happened earlier is because Al-Ain wanted to master the work and make sure that the work is done to a very high standard before um, branching out. That's number one. Number two, inshallah, the situation will be where um, the orphan children will no longer maybe need support. So um, the services that Al-Ain have set up and provided will not just be for orphan children. 
Um, it will be for other children who would or other youth who would want to benefit from these services. And the services that are provided aren't just suitable for those who are orphaned. Any any sort of um, difficulty, any sort of trouble, then that these these um, children would, would be able to benefit from. Can I go on one more tangent? Go ahead. I love. We the visited. Tangents. We visited a graduate of the barber uh, workshop. Yeah. In Baghdad, um, we arrived. Someone that looked like a kid. He opened, unlocked the door. We went inside, and he was showing us the barbershop. It was a perfectly normal, complete barbershop. Uh, and he was showing us. He said, "I opened this two months ago. I, I got, I, I got for him. He borrowed from his friends and family, and he set up, and he's paying them back. And he's employed someone. Imagine. So he's an employer. He's a business owner. Um, the um, I think his name was Haider. Had his certificate on the wall. He had the Alain certificate. The Alain graduate. I'm a graduate yeah. of this workshop." There was a boy with him. Again, I won't say his name. Um, he was saying, "Why can't I get a certificate too? I know, I know how to, I know how to be a barber." Barbara. The situation is that normal children gr- growing up in normal backgrounds are feeling a sense not jealousy. They want to be like these children with the services that are provided, they which is so services. amazing. So yeah. they, they want, he also wants a certificate. And again, that was something really nice. And you were asking about the plans for the future, so. This is an example of something that will inspire generations to come as well, inshallah. Inshallah. Well, Ahmed, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. Uh, a show full of tangents. Sorry about is, that. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, 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 yeah. I think uh, our listeners will definitely appreciate the work yourself and uh, those at Al Ain do. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the, the people in, in, in our community are already supporting Al Ain. Uh, I'm hoping inshallah they can increase in their support uh, May Allah increase in your tawfiq to do more for, for these orphans um, And uh, hopefully we'll have you maybe soon to give us an update on all the great work that Al-Ain do Thank you for coming Thank you